3: I ain't even mad, no,
0: nah like before.
3: song with put your head now, something there at the door Next in the grass, it's like a hands, okay, I cut the loan Ashes hands, I you off No, you ain't gonna lie to my feet no more Hit me with well, a sorry, but I'm sorry, no. no No, 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 no Give me a Shapiro on the phone, it's blue I know that it's you. You'll never know what I already knew. After everything I already been through, I can wait so time or take it to you. I said no no I know. No no
0: no 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 Hi divas and dudes, welcome. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Baddock, and I wanna thank you for tuning in. Tonight, we're talking about caution on Diabetes Late Night as it relates to the link between diabetes and cardiovascular disease with musical inspiration from the one and only Mariah Carey. (laughs) Now, did you know that living with type 2 diabetes puts you at a greater risk for heart disease and stroke? Unfortunately, most people don't. We're gonna help you get clued in tonight to make a healthy comeback worthy of Mariah Carey. Mariah's 15th album, entitled Caution, is her first full-length project since her divorce with Nick Cannon, a called-off engagement with billionaire James Packer, her horrific reality TV show stint, and numerous other career disappointments. But guess what? She's making a comeback diva style because music critics agree that this collection of songs Caution is the name of the album, not only maintains Mariah's status as one of the best singers and songwriters in the game, but it also eloquently displays her truth. She opens up about love, loneliness, and self-worth in a cautionary album that reminds us that she is still a force to be reckoned with after three decades in the industry. Now, I think that's a lot of big time, big hair, diva inspiration for one show, but guess what? That's not all, because tonight my guests include Poet Lorraine Brooks, 2015 AADE Diabetes Educator of the Year. Susan Wiener's is back. We're having her back this year again. We're so excited. Mama Rosemarie's is returning with more mother inspiration. Patricia Addy Gentle comes back with the fire truck sounds and games to help you stay healthy and happy. And Yoga for Diabetes, Rachel Zimman is um, bringing back a tradition of providing a Meditation at the end of the show to help you be more mindful in the new year. Plus, we've got some great new friends joining us. We are eatneat.com's Lloyd Owens is joining us, plus, type 2 diabetes what to know community moderator Nick Dovgolis will be here. So, that's a lot of uh, fun packed, action packed adventure tonight for this hour and a half. And throughout the podcast, I'm going to be joined by Mariah Carey because we're going to be playing music off her new album, Caution, all night long courtesy of Sony Music. Now, before I play that next song, because I have to tell you, this album is really, really good. I want to take a minute and tell you to check out men's underwear and a leisure wear brand, 5 Equals 10. Making a Difference part is part of 5 Equals Ten's core values. They understand the importance of providing others with opportunities, and together, we can make this world a better place. 5 Equals 10 will be donating 10% of the company profits to a charity partners like Diva Betik. We're one of the ones they selected, and we're so excited. So please check out their products at 5equals10.com, and together we could start making a difference. I heard they're going to have some amazing Valentine's specials, ladies, for your guys. Now, let's turn our attention back. She's an amazing diva to Mariah Carey. Here's her song, Giving Me Life, courtesy of Sony Music. Let's listen. Oh, oh,
3: oh.
0: Viva with the queen of the comeback, Mariah Carey. After years of public scrutiny from everything about her live vocals to horrific New Year's Eve dance moves, caution, her new album is a testament to her ability to bounce back after a cruel and rapidly changing world. If Mariah Carey can do it, how about you? Are you making a comeback? Because guess what? I am. This year, 2019, after taking five years off of presenting diabetes outreach outside of Philadelphia and D.C., that means I didn't go anywhere else to do my Diva brand of diabetes outreach, I am stang- staging a comeback on National Diabetes Alert Day. Tuesday, March 26, I'm back in New York City for the first time with a wonderful group of experts, and we're presenting the first ever diabetes and cardiovascular escape room experience called Clue. In with two N's, clued in. It's totally free and it's sponsored by Behringer Ingelheim. I hope you join us because I am just so excited to be bringing back my brand of diabetes education empowerment to New York City where I live. You know, just because I haven't been touring as much, it doesn't mean I haven't been busy at diabetic. In fact, for the past eight years, I've been with you, hosting this podcast each and every month. And when I finish one like tonight, I immediately start on the next one, listening to music, booking guests, researching topics. So I'm really guilty sometimes of not stopping to smell the roses. And I feel a little bit sad about that because uh, I look so forward to spending an hour and a half with you every month. It's literally like the high point of my month, which is why I wanted to take a minute and stop right now to acknowledge a major milestone for diabetes late night and um diva talk radio we were acknowledged in diabetes forecast magazine uh, among their list of diabetes podcasts in their most recent issue and this is really big uh news for us and i'm still shocked and i don't work alone i, I get to work with a fabulous cast of amazing women so I want to celebrate the moment with my divas, and so I want to welcome to the show right now Patricia Addie gentle Hi, Patricia. Hi, Max. How are you? Good. Mama Rosemarie.
4: Hi, Max.
0: And Lorraine Brooks.
4: Happy New Year, Max.
0: And our producer who comes in and helps us out with Mystery Podcast all the time, Lisa Chester Weir. are. Hi, Lisa. Congratulations,
2: Max! You you are the um, the driving force. <laughs>
0: I'm giving you guys all a standing ovation. It it was really big news, and we want to give a shout out to the reporter Ben Page uh, for make for listing us. And there's so many great podcasts, including, including Stacy Sims, uh, listed on that list of podcasts. People should check it, check it out. It's either online or in newsstands right now. Um, Lorraine, I mean. We've done so many shows together. There are 167 podcasts in our inventory. Uh, ben Page was talking a little bit about how we're not the typical fair. I would include poetry as something that's not typical fair. And I'm just curious uh, with you, what are some of the poems that you feel represent what you do the best from, in the podcast? Mm-hmm.
5: Wow, that's a that's a big question, Max. You know, it's hard to believe it's been such a long time, first of all. Um, a, a couple of my favorites, I think my biggest favorite was uh, Beauty and the Beach, which was really kind of um, uh, about how you feel on the beach in a bathing suit and some of the anxieties that some women might feel um, putting on a bathing suit. Another one of my favorites was plus or minus, which was kind of um talking about giving people labels and you know based on how they look or based on what mm-hmm. their size is <clears throat> excuse me and how and how that's um you know that's difficult for people to hear um another one of my favorites of oh, oh, I love all of the um diabetes fairy tales that we did where you gave me a, a fairy tale character and I, I wrote a little bit about what it would be if that person or if that character had diabetes. And my favorite among those I think was um Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs where we talked about the seven kinds of support that people need, you know, from your podiatrist to your therapist to your uh, GP and um so all of those were fun. It's hard to it's hard to say which one I like best. And it's just hard well, to I'm believe sure we that
0: we've all, done so I mean, many. I'd love to hear what, what what Patricia, Mama Rosemary, and Lisa think. Like, do you do you have any favorites that Lorraine didn't mention? Uh,
2: Thank Beauty you. Beauty oh, and the nice. Beach was my favorite. I that one just I remember it. It, it. it was just fabulous, and it was so like right on time because it, we were entering bathing suit season, and it it just. It was just so on time.
6: The poetry that stands out in my mind was the segment that we did featuring Fantasia, and it was about labels. And Lorraine's poem started with um, how Fantasia had been labeled as illiterate, and she went into all the other different labels that we associate with people with diabetes, such as they're called diabetic. Um, She also talked about labeling a person, the food label was incorporated in that, and she uh, mentioned the label of kidney disease and other various complications that may be associated with diabetes, but I thought that was just really um, awesome the way that she brought all of that in. But all of her poetry is very good. I, I just can't imagine having to create something
4: like that.
0: Either I can either can I. Mom, what were you gonna say?
4: Well, I was going to agree with the labels. That that one was probably my favorite. But I also thought that, that um the swimsuit one was so um appropriate and as Lisa said it was just timely. Um and that is something that all the women have problems with and um no matter probably what 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 figure you have, but um that was very impressive, both of them, the labels and that's unusual that we all pick the same ones, but we those have to be the most impressive. But they were just like what Patricia said. they were all wonderful, and I'm just amazed that Lorraine could do this, and sometimes you tell me that she does it in one day, and that's beyond <laughs> my
0: imagination.
4: <laughs> So uh, thank you, Lorraine. She did it it in one day
0: tonight, too, and it's coming up, which will be kind of exciting to hear. I I can't believe it. But, you know, another big element of the show that um, I think uh, we forget about because we're always talking back and forth is the music, courtesy of Sony Music, that they give us every month. We have played so much Mm -hmm. music over the years, I, I, you know, everyone has their favorites. I remember uh, you are a huge fan of Nina Simone Lorraine, but I'm just curious with all of you, if you heard an artist that you did not expect to like or might not have been aware of and, and you began mm-hmm. to like them from the show, can anyone think of some of the music that might have resonated with them that, uh, uh, you know, prior to the podcast wasn't really on their radar? Lisa?
2: Well, I... I guess because I work on the Mystery Podcast, I have to say that the soundtracks that we've used for the Mystery Podcast, they are totally not on my, you know, my mixtape, my playlist, but they are absolutely beautiful. We've done um, The Pink Panther by Henry Mancini, Andrew, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. We did Swan Lake mm-hmm. with Tchaikovsky. And they're they are so beautiful, and I hope our listeners enjoy um, the variety of music that we uh, play as much as I do, because I, I would never be listening to classical music um, on my um, iPod, but I love it.
0: Anyone else have a favorite, or someone new?
5: You know, I yeah. hadn't, uh, I hadn't thought... Well, I didn't know Sarah very I mean, I knew... I think I knew a couple of her songs that I had heard on the radio, but I didn't associate the songs with the name. And when um, you said you were going to be talking about her, I made it a point to listen to some of her music ahead of time, and I found out that I liked a lot of her songs that I had heard on the radio, but I didn't know it was her. So um, I became a fan. And um, also um, Lisa, I'm sorry, I can't remember her last name, that was on... um, uh, 20 steps to fit no um that was uh the backup singer for the stones and oh lisa um, fisher lisa, lisa fisher, fisher right thank you i'm sorry yeah uh i i didn't also i had of course known about her but i didn't know her name and i didn't associate her name with her music so that was those were two of the ones that stood out for me <laughs>
0: Oh, all year long, we've been playing the hot seat, giving everyone a hot seat question. Angels, all of you, take a seat. I can't believe this is happening, but it's my show, so I get to pull it on you. I'm going to ask the four of you lovely ladies a question, and uh, we'll get your response and see if you get it right or wrong. Are you ladies all sitting down? I am. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, gagging Ready. you. I was having you sit down. <laughs> you were so <laughs> quiet there. All right, here's a question. <laughs> it was so still their audience. I don't know what was going on. I, I'm looking right at them, but they were all like uh, mummified. All right, uh, true <laughs> or false, a higher percentage of people with diabetes are checking their blood sugars too often than less often. Is that true or false? We're going to go straight down the line. Uh, Lorraine, true or false? Yes or no? What do you think? No. Uh, Mama Rosemary, true or false? Is there a higher percentage of people checking false? Uh, Patricia.
6: False. False. They they are not checking. (laughs)
2: And Lisa. Well, if Patricia says it's false, then I have
3: to. (laughs) I got the easy
2: uh, position (laughs) false.
4: Oh, we were all wrong.
0: Well, no, I think, uh, what did you say, Lorraine? I can't remember what you said. Did you say
3: 12? I, I said yeah.
0: According did to a new know? study published in JAMA International Internal Medic- Medicine, and remember, folks, you've got to do your research when you Google these things, but uh, they found a higher percentage <laughs> of people, especially with type 2 diabetes, are checking their uh, blood sugars more than they need to. <laughs> And it's really wow. interesting because some worry it's, uh, they weren't, they're worried that it's causing a lot of these people a lot of um, stress and anxiety. Plus, it's also adding up in their dollars per year that they're spending on their, mal- on their medical supplies. So, according to that, mm-hmm. that recent headline that I found in medical science, uh, there, the percentage of people are check, uh, percentage there's a higher percentage of people checking their blood sugars more than they need to. Interesting wow. uh, hmm. information. Yeah, it was kind of very interesting. And again, I would say I looked at one or two articles on this, everybody, but if I were really doing my research and not just trying to have fun with the divas tonight, I would have done a little bit more investigation. With that said, games are always a lot of fun for me, but our New Year's resolution this year was me to stop and smell the roses. So, Lorraine, I asked you to kind of help me out here because I really am – I'm going to lift my head up from all the work we've done and just celebrate the moment. And I wanted to, even though this isn't a Golden Globe, we didn't win an Oscar, it's still a big deal to have the American Diabetes Association recognize our podcast and include us on that list. And I'm, I'm so appreciative of all the hard work uh, the four of you do to make this podcast what it is that I asked Lorraine to kind of write a poem just celebrating those small things.
5: Well, um, actually, um, the poem I wrote talks about how um, we can't expect things to happen right away <clears throat> and um, how, you know, sometimes we get impatient. Uh, I think it's, first of all, I have to say, I think it's wonderful that Diabetes Forecast I mentioned you in the podcast. I think it's a wonderful thing. I think adults learn by doing rather than just by listening And the fact that you have so many entertaining aspects of the podcast, I think is wonderful. But I think at the end of the day, sometimes we want things to happen overnight. We want things to happen right away. So my poem um, is called Inch by Inch. Slow and steady wins the race. Baby steps should set the pace. There's no need to rush to win. Enjoy the journey that you're in. Things don't happen overnight. It takes time to get things right. Sometimes it may seem too slow to get to where you need to go. Dealing with a chronic ill may seem like it's all uphill. Getting better from a stroke makes you feel like a slowpoke. Lowering your A1C may seem like an eternity. Trying hard to lose some weight happens at a sluggish rate. Changes that we make today won't make a difference right away, but if we practice patiently, we'll see results eventually. Inch by inch, the goal gets near, even if it takes a year. So don't stop when you're halfway there. Set your sights and persevere. Slow and steady, inch by inch. Do not blink and do not flinch. It won't happen instantly, but in the end, you'll win. You'll see.
0: Eight years of podcasting, Lorraine, and the best is ahead of wow, us. I mean, is... I, 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 thank you so much for that poem. Lorraine rocks it yeah, <laughs> was
4: so wonderful <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh and Thank
2: really you all for your kind words yeah, no, I, no, I really I appreciate say Thank you
3: all
5: for your kind words I really appreciate the fact that you appreciate my work Thank you Oh
4: my gosh, it's wonderful
0: Alright Diva, step aside Because there's another Diva entering the room And her name is Mariah Carey And she said, uh, Lorraine, that getting back in the studio Is such a safe place for her And the right environment She's been outside of that environment for way too long Doing too many silly things And she feels like she really needed to uh, Silly things that she felt She didn't need to be doing So she got back into the studio And she created this monumental album Here's another song from that album Called With You, Courtesy of Sony Music Let's listen It was
3: so, so She was like, I don't know, don't tell me He had eyes, I said, girl, I'll save you Like they might not make it. So they all held tight to face it. They were out, she was about to take them. She was full of trepidation. They're in front of the whole damn nation. It was what?
0: Diva and I have to do this podcast with you. I'm so proud to work with everyone and to have you listeners be a part of all the fun and excitement month after month. Tonight, we're encouraging you to proceed with caution as it relates to the link between diabetes and heart disease with musical inspiration from Mariah Carey. Did you know that being a millennial or a Gen Xer or a baby boomer could really impact the emotional challenges of living with type 2 diabetes? Well, that's what the Healthline survey discovered uh, that recently came out. And here to talk more about it is one of my favorite educators, Susan Weiner. Hi, Susan. Hi, Max. Thank
1: you so much for having me. And may thanks I for say being that? On the podcast. Oh, thanks so much. And may I just say before we get started that Lorraine Brooks is a gift. Yeah. Just how to get that in.
0: We totally agree. We're thrilled to have her on the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was looking at the survey that uh, I saw that you, were, you participated. You, you helped. Uh, how, did you, how did you participate in it? You're, you're related to it in some way.
1: Well, the Healthline survey that we're going to discuss a little bit more tonight was delving more deeply into some answers around aspects past just the nutritional and exercise habits of people with type 2 diabetes. They surveyed 1,500 people. And, again, this is a survey, not a study, with type 2 diabetes across the generations. And once the survey was completed and the data was evaluated, they had three experts look at it to make sure that it was uh, good for going out to the general public. So I was one of the three. There was also an endocrinologist, from Stanford and Amy Tendrich, who is a person with type one diabetes, and she is with Diabetes Mind and Healthline, and myself. So honored to be part of this really interesting deeper dive into type two diabetes across the generations,
0: and really looking at the social as well as um, psychological aspects of living with diabetes, which is kind of new. Why do you think that isn't something that is on everyone's radar and more? Educators such as yourself are be are looking into it with more depth and and this kind of creating these studies and things like that
1: I think when I came into working with people with nutrition and with diabetes and rd and a cde about 30 years ago, so a long time ago, we were really looking at the important educational aspect of diabetes teaching people about medications, the clinical aspects of it, and helping people with self-management when they left. But, oh, my goodness, all of those emotional aspects and psychosocial aspects that go along with it and coping skills, we just didn't look at that aspect of it. And having a chronic disease that you deal with 24 hours a day, seven days a week, leads to distress in many people. And is very overwhelming in so, to so many people. So of course, that's the, your emotional health, your mental health, how it affects your relationships, type 2 diabetes is incredibly important and really should not be overlooked. In addition to that, we needed to look at it with millennials, Gen Xers and baby boomers. How do these different aspects of type 2 diabetes and dealing with all these different ways that we look at type 2 diabetes affect different people throughout the continuum of the life cycle?
0: I know. I find that fascinating how your age could affect it. And, of course, I'm really interested in talking tonight a little bit about the millennials first because um, a study by Harris Group and Eventbrite found that three out of four millennials surveyed preferred experiences over things like going to an escape room, and you will be part of clued in on Diabetes Alert Day, March 26, So I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about maybe potentially the largest group of people who will be joining us for the first-ever Diabetes and Heart Disease uh, Escape Room Experience. So what did, what did the survey kind of... What what did you find out about millennials as it relates to type 2 diabetes in the survey?
1: And I'm really excited about the escape room. I cannot wait. It's going to be absolutely perfect, and the experience is going to change so many people's lives. Well, one of the example is... 50% of millennials and more than about 40% of Gen Xers reported feeling ashamed about their bodies on a daily or a weekly basis, and only about 18% of baby, baby boomers felt similarly. Now, I looked a little bit deeper into this, and part of the challenge is to do with the fact that type 2 diabetes is often referred to as an older person's disease or seen as an older person's disease so it makes people who are younger feel wow I have an older person's disease and I'm reading about a lot of the complications of this disease and I'm diagnosed with it at such a young age gee it doesn't seem to be a lot of hope out there for me so I'm ashamed and I'm not going to discuss it where the baby boomer generation feels that they can come out and discuss it a little bit more. They're a little bit older. They don't fear some of the body image issues as much. So I felt that was very interesting. And also younger people are um, seeing a lot of – not that older people are not looking at it. I'm on social media as well, including Instagram, where there are a lot of pictures coming at us all day long. But younger people are really bombarded with social media and what perfection looks like, which we know is really not true, but it's hard when that's constantly out there. So I thought that that was interesting, the concept of it being a chronic disease and an older person's disease.
0: And just the way they feel this judgment on them, you know, which kind of, I mean, it is fascinating. We used to, when I first started doing the better, we used to say, not your grandmother's uh, diabetes, you know, but it seems like, uh, you know, like you're saying, it, it has carried over, that there's still, there, there, feel, there is still something there about that, that people relate to in Absolutely a negative way. Absolutely
1: true. And think about this, too. When a younger person, when a millennial is, is diagnosed with diabetes, this may be one of the first times if, when they do see their health care Provider, uh, this could be a physician or another healthcare provider, they may not be used to going to doctor's appointments or healthcare provider appointments as often as they currently are. And healthcare providers may have some preconceived judgment. And we know that type 2 diabetes is also affected by your genetics. And, you know, that is a big factor in this and it must be considered. So if somebody is prejudged based on their weight or thought about what their lifestyle must be without first listening to the person who is coming in to speak with them, that's an issue on the side of providers. And people who are feeling judged may not continue along a path of health. But I do want to mention one other thing that we did see. Across all of the age spectrums, in many of the cases, when people do get a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes, for some that is a big wake-up call to make some changes in their lifestyle with their sleep, with their eating, with their exercise, so there can be some positives upon the diagnosis with making some changes.
0: Oh, Susan Weiner, it's time to get in the hot seat. Uh, Please take a seat where the divas left a little earlier. We have a random question we're going to ask you uh, and help you and find out how much you know about today's diabetes headlines. Are you ready?
4: Of course.
0: All right. Well, our diva inspiration, Mariah Carey, reportedly underwent a secret gastric sleeve surgery late uh, about a year and a half ago. Sources told Page Six Mariah was having but has always been proud of her curve. But over the summer, two summers ago, when she was at uh, Caesar's Palace in Vegas performing, she, was, um, she noticed it was becoming harder to dance and she was getting a lot more criticism online from body shamers. So up to now, she's lost about 30 to 40 pounds. And the question we have for you tonight is, is this kind of weight loss strategy a smart decision for people like Mariah who want to lose just 30 to 40 pounds?
1: In my professional opinion, Um, I do not think so for 30 to 40 pounds. And I have worked very successfully with some people who have a lot of weight to lose where it is affecting their health on a life or death basis where it is a good idea for gastric surgery, bariatric surgery in in some ways. But to lose 30 or 40 pounds, I'm going to give that a buzzer. If I had a buzzer, I would hit it.
0: I know. Do you think it's kind of making light of what what the surgery is about and why it's Absolutely. so important? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And every surgery that one has does have health risks associated with it. For people who are morbidly obese, and it may it is a tool in the toolbox to help you achieve some goals that you may not be able to do as successfully without the surgery. As part of that, it is not a quick fix. It is not something that should be. Seen as such, and it is not effective, even cost-effective for many people. So I wish her the best, and if it was a good decision for her, then I'm, I'm glad for her. But for the general public, 30 to 40 pounds to lose on weight to have a bariatric survey, uh, surgery, I'm sorry, is something that I would not recommend in my practice.
0: And I just want to ask you one more question related to these surgeries. She, uh, again, it was allegedly that she had it. We don't know if that's true or not. She had mm-hmm. the uh, gastric sleeve surgery, but uh, this is a spoiler alert. In this year's murder mystery podcast, we're dealing a little bit with one of um, one of the characters undergoes weight loss surgery and is dealing with a little bit of the transfer um, addiction. And I want to know, in your opinion, have you, uh, in your experience, have you seen? This happened with some of your patients who've had the weight loss uh, surgery where they transfer that addiction to food to either gambling, shopping, alcohol, or even drug use?
1: I have, and that has happened when the underlying issue of addiction was not assessed and addressed. And that happened with uh, two people who I work with who – lost a tremendous amount of weight, and they had never been at that weight in their life. They lost they lost over 200 pounds, each of them, and actually one was male and one was female. One of them actually went towards an addiction of overspending. They spent a tremendous amount of money, kind of maxed out credit cards, left, led to a life-changing event of divorce, and unfortunately that person gained back about 50% of their weight over time because the underlying addiction was not addressed. So I, part of this, and that goes back to Max being a tool in the toolbox, part of it is utilizing the benefits of that gastric bypass surgery or sleeve surgery as part of working with a nutritionist, working with a healthcare provider, making sure that you're meeting all of your nutritional requirements. And, look, and working with a mental health professional as well.
0: Sounds like you're encouraging people to eat neat, Susan Wiener. And guess what? Coming up, we're going to be talking to one of the creators of the WeAreEatNeat.com website and finding more about that. Plus, you're going to stick around and play some games with us a little bit later on. So right now... I know you're a Mariah Carey fan. I am. And this is my favorite song off of the Caution album. It's a uh, sentiment to anyone who's dated a loser that they could relate to this Mariah <laughs> puts it sometimes you just need to let someone uh, get out of your life. That kind of candor runs through this album for sure, but it's most apparent in this one song. GTFO courtesy of Sony Music. Let's listen. You took my love for granted. You Welcome back to Diabetes Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedek, and I was not going to play that chorus just like I did not play Baby, It's Cold Outside last year. If you want to hear the uh, the other version of that song, please check it out on YouTube. In the meantime, New Year means new friends, and my next guest is a co-founder of the budget-based recipe search engine, meal planner, and grocery list builder for pre-diabetes and those managing type 2 diabetes called Eat Neat. Please welcome to the podcast for the very first time. Hi Lloyd. Hey. Hi, hi, hi. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have Thank you, you for on the having show. Me. We you and I met through uh Twitter, I believe.
7: Yes, it was Twitter. I uh I watched you. I started following you. I watched you and I took an opportunity to say, "Hey, here I am." And you responded. Now here we are.
0: I love it. Well, I love what you're doing. I love supporting people who are out there making a difference. And I I just loved the energy that you had, and when I checked out what you were doing, I thought, hey, people need to know about this, because it's kicking off right now, and it's always fun to get uh, new people on board early on to support each other. That's what happened with me, and I'm grateful to have that opportunity tonight to share with our listeners what you're doing. So. You're living with type 2 diabetes, and you developed this white, uh, website. So first, let's just go back to your experience living with diabetes and tell our listeners a little bit about what, uh, how you were diagnosed and how you began dealing with it from the beginning.
7: Two-part story. I'll do it as quickly as possible. Twenty or so years ago, I was initially diagnosed, um, and uh, it was a – it was. A baby miracle to say the least. I went to the hospital for something completely non-related, found out my blood sugar was over 600. And that's when I found out that I was diabetic uh, through several flash, fast forward a couple of years through diet, exercise, I lost some weight, started living a healthier life, and was able to pull back on the come off medication. Well, at some point you get complacent, you get lazy, and uh, you forget. And so several years ago, I found myself in the same position, blood sugar night is high, but back on medication. And um, it's been a like a wake-up call. I'm I'm 20-plus years older, and I don't get around and do the things that I used to do, so I'm not – exercising, a sedentary job. I sit at a desk in design and design um, all day long most of the time. So I, I just knew I needed to really do something different this time. And, um, you know, the, the help of my wife and family, um, ha, it's been huge, uh, making sure, one, I take my meds, two, uh, that I'm eating the way that I should eat, uh, and that I'm getting some sort of exercise, doing something. Uh, and Can you relate it, it, at
0: all to um, my conversation with Susan Weiner from about the Healthline survey, and how because you were pretty young when you were diagnosed, did you feel like you had you had just been diagnosed with an old man or old person's disease, and did you face any kind of uh, shame or blame? It, it's it, yes,
7: yes, yes, in capital yes! Exclamation point because. I watched my dad deal with it, and I thought, well, he's older. That's for older people. Um, And then even now I belong to a couple of different forums, and I'm watching younger people be diagnosed, and it's the same sentiment. So when you guys were talking about it, I was like, yeah, I'm seeing that, and I'm seeing the anxiety more than anything uh, about what to do, why me, um, you know why is this happening to me my life and you know is it a death sentence and so forth and so on so no I clearly related to that
0: and so uh, but like you said 20 years later you found yourself in the same place but you found inspiration now and so you decided to create a website specifically like we said for pre diabetes type 2 diabetes to help to be a resource that's at, available at people's fingertips. Tell us what is at people's fingertips with uh, Weareatmeat.com. I love
7: to cook, and it's my um, meditation, my uh, my therapy. And one, I love food, clearly. And so we, um, my co-founders and I were in a uh, web development boot camp, a coding boot boot camp and we came together to create eat meat for a project and we thought okay this could be something special um, several months go by and we decide to make it a reality but um, I thought why not let's take this and make something that it will really help people um, my co one of my co-founders family is dealing with chronic disease and another has, uh, family members dealing with diabetes so It made sense to start it with diabetes, and it made sense that the resources are out there in different places. You can get on the web, Google something, and there are several resources that'll come up. But if I don't have time for that, I want one location I can go to find a healthy recipe that I can cook uh, for my family, and the food has to be good, right? You know, nobody wants to eat bland food. So we decided to pull. We decided to come together. Create, eat meat, and, and so that was the first part. Let's find, let's get recipes that people are going to want to eat, and then the more we got to thinking, well, you look at the breakdown of who's affected, who's truly affected, or being affected, um, and then you start to see things that are um, food deserts. Um, you start to see income levels. You start to see, uh, you know, time as a resource. And then I had a conversation with a friend who was diagnosed two years ago, prescribed a a nutritionist, and her insurance didn't cover it. And the nutritionist would have been like $1,200 or something, and so she's gone without it. So I said, okay, we need a resource for people in that place, in that position. But everyone assumes that eating healthy is expensive. So we've got to destroy that myth. So we said, let's make it a budget-based recipe uh, aggregator, so that people can say, I I spend a hundred dollars a week. I need recipes that on groceries. I need recipes that fit in my budget. Okay, great. Here's the recipes that fit in that budget. As I create a meal plan, I need to know, am I going over budget or not? So we we created that. And then now you have a you have recipes. You have a meal plan. And then it and it aggregates into a grocery list for you. Um, and so it it's I feel kind like, a one like one I'm on guys
0: truck. grocery games. <laughs> it it's a lot like <laughs> I'll, I'll wait that. It's a lot like it is. No, it's exciting. I think I mean it sounds exciting. So people uh there's recipes, they, they see how much is on the budget and you're ultimately gonna be you're in the Houston area, people would they get their food delivered to them or how does that work?
7: At this particular point, we it's just a it's just a grocery list. It's the same grocery list your mom and I used, to, your mom and my mom used to write on paper. Right. Except it's in their phone, and they can go to the grocery store, and and pull up everything that they need, shop, and then go home. Eventually, we want to work in uh, delivery, and there's several things that we're working on. We're working on grocery delivery, uh, looking for partners to make that a reality. Uh, whether that's lo- whether that's doing it through um, Instacart or the local the, the actual grocery store, uh, because most grocery stores are delivering now. Um, and then there's some other things, some really big things that we won't talk about just yet. Um, but the the whole goal is for us for anyone to be able to live their lives a little bit easier and manage, one of the most important things, especially for pre-diabetics and type 2 diabetics, is what we eat, when we eat, and how we eat, uh, whether it's portion control, whether you're trying to lose weight, uh, whether you want to try the keto diet, whether you want to try uh, – whether you, you, you're diabetic and you have a gluten allergy. So let's, add, let's, let's, let's make that a reality. So it's just a, a very simple way uh, to monitor – and and, and and save money, because budgeting for groceries, the ultimate goal is to be able to eat healthy and save money. And so those are the key things that w- that we're trying to help people with.
0: I love it. And you're, um, guess what? i got big news, too, because coming up you're going to meet one of the moderators for the Type 2 Diabetes What to you Know community on Facebook. They also have a website. He's coming up right after Mariah Carey. So uh, stick around, Lloyd, because you're going to meet some fabulous people. And we're also going to ask Susan Wiener to chime in about registered dietitians and about insurance a little bit later on the show. But uh, this is great. Thank you for being an inspiration and doing what you're doing. I'm sure you love Mariah Carey as much as I do, and I want you to know that she's nominated for the 2019 (laughs) Songwriters Hall of Fame. She's the artist with the most number one hits in Billboard Hot 100 chart history. She actually co-wrote 17 of her 18 number ones. This is her first nomination for this prestigious prize. I hope she wins it. I love Mariah Carey. Here's another song off the Caution album, courtesy of Sony Music. Let's listen. Something is telling me you're ready.
3: Am I wrong?
0: Maybe the lyrics
3: were too heavy in my song. How would it feel if you had me there? I was wrong. Bet not believe in me. I'm not sure why. Tell what that means.
0: back to January's Diabetes Late Night Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedick. Thanks for tuning in. You know, Mariah Carey is not my, my favorite diva. I've also got another one named Cindy Lou from the uh, Type 2 Diabetes What to Know community. She told me, Max, you have got to invite this man from Quebec on your show. He's amazing. He's inspiring. And I'm so glad we have him on the show tonight. Please welcome for the first time on Diabetes Late Night, Nick from Type 2 Diabetes What to Know. Hi, Nick. Max. thanks for having me. Thanks for uh calling in. I know you um Cindy Lou gave you a big build up and I had a, a chance to talk to you a little bit uh about a month ago and so I mm-hmm. I so interested in sharing your story with our listeners, because you just heard Lloyd Owens about uh, how he's inspiring people with his new website. Sure. Your story is very inspiring. So tell us a little bit about your experience living with di- uh, type 2 diabetes and the transformation you've experienced.
8: Well, I was diagnosed um, almost to the day five years ago. And uh, I'm in my late 40s now, so I was in my early 40s then. And... Um, it It happened right around a time where I was already starting to get into cycling and and starting to be more health conscious because I had really neglected that aspect of my life for many, many years. Um, and it really was just a catalyst for me to to make some big changes in my life. So it, everything just kind of came together at the perfect time. and I really looking back at it now I, I don't think it was so much a conscious decision then, but uh, looking back now, I think I just used it as a catalyst to push me in a better direction.
0: And it, did it start you beginning to bike ride and become more physically fit, or were you biking prior to that diagnosis?
8: I had just started to cycle uh, about a year earlier. Um, I was pretty serious about it, but I was still you know, pretty out of shape. Like it, To give you an idea... I weigh about 182, 83 pounds now. I was probably about 100 pounds heavier then. Um, my first ride was maybe 12 kilometers. Well, not maybe. I know exactly it was 12 kilometers long. And I, I thought my heart was going to explode. And I couldn't even get my bike up this little hill. I had to get off and, and walk it up the hill, which was really, really um, humbling, you know. Um, but I just I really enjoyed riding a bike. I always loved riding a bike when I was a kid. So this was just you know, kind of picking up where I left off, like who doesn't enjoy pedaling a bicycle? And so I just started chasing after it and learning about it. And and my my cycling education and my diabetes education all started to happen at the same time. And I started to use one to help the other, and and it just kind of grew from there.
0: And, I mean, right now we're dealing with a lot of people who made New Year's resolutions and they can't keep up with that. When you were at that moment of the uh, 12-kilometer thing and you felt like your heart was going to burst out of your chest, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners are experiencing because they're going back to the gym for the very first time, what kept you going and what can you tell our listeners who might be at that moment where they're just about to throw in the bag with their New Year's resolution and say they can't? You know
8: what? You, you, You don't have to be great at something. You just have to stick with it that's really what i would tell anyone cuz god knows i'm i'm not even a great cyclist now like i could tell you i did 10,000 kilometers this year and i've done long long rides and whatever it that's that's not even important it's it's just sticking with something and and seeing steady improvement so whether it's improvement in your numbers starting to come back into range whether it's improvement in just uh starting to eat a little bit better and make better choices or improvement with, you know, my daughter's going to come and ride. She's 15. She's going to ride in her first organized ride with me this coming spring. And so normally I would do a ride at this particular location. That's 120 kilometers. Um, but I'm going to do the 40, okay, so that she can join in. And I'm trying to get her because she's pretty um, – she can be hard on herself in the way that I am, like very, very demanding kind of perfectionist tendencies. So I'm trying to get her to understand we're just going there to enjoy the ride. And it doesn't matter how long it takes us and it doesn't, we're just going to go and enjoy the ride. And that in itself can ignite something in someone. And I, sometimes I'm out cycling and I'll see an older person out pedaling, and I'll always I'll pass them. And it just, it warms my heart that I almost don't want to pass them. I want to, slow down and coast and talk to them and just say you know good for you or you you see someone who's really heavy set like it takes a lot of courage to get out there on a bike in spandex when you're really overweight i know because i've done it and just as long as you pick something and stick with it and don't be so hard on yourself don't measure yourself against other people just measure yourself against yourself And who you were yesterday, or last week, or last month? Because if you stick with it, you inevitably you're going to get better, and you're going to see some results.
0: And and I want to bring up another point that might have. I'm curious to know uh, how it changed your nutrition, because you admitted to me on a previous phone call that you were like on the all pizza diet before you started uh, cycling, and you live uh, and you know. So I'm assuming that you were pretty much pizza every day, all day kind of guy. Did that did, was that like a healthy change that happened from exercising? That or are you still doing pizza every day? Maybe I'm mistaken.
8: No, 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 no. Um, look, I love it. <laughs> I wish I could eat it every day, but I don't. Um, I don't have it often. It's a very infrequent kind of indulgence for me.
0: Uh, and even then,
8: it's very controlled and very monitored, so to speak. I started changing my eating habits Uh, A little bit before I was diagnosed, my weight had already started to come down a little bit. I didn't really know what I was doing, but obviously you're not supposed to eat pizza and and junk food and processed foods and all of that. And that was kind of a no-brainer for me to to start looking at those things. Um, And then really, when I started getting into cycling, you know, uh, cycling is such an expensive and consuming hobby. And you look at guys are always upgrading their bikes. I say guys, but guys and and women are always upgrading their bikes. We're always looking for that next uh, magical piece of gear that's going to be, you know, really, I'm not kidding you, 40 grams lighter, 50 grams lighter. Okay, so you can urinate before a ride and lose more weight than that. So if I'm going to spend thousands of dollars on gear just to save a few grams, logically, I should take a look at the engine first and say, well, if I'm going to train so hard... And I want to be as fast as I can and have as much endurance as I can rather than buying all these upgraded components, which I'm as guilty of as every cyclist. I, I definitely like the gear side of it. Why not look at first what I'm putting in my mouth, how I'm treating my body, and I consider everything that I'm doing part of my training. So that's not just when I'm on the bike. It's also my sleep schedule. It's what I eat. It's, it really it infiltrates every aspect of how I live. Um, and then the diabetes part, well, that just kind of pushed it over the edge, too. And then joining um, Diabetes What to Know was a real eye opener for me because I was doing well. I was managing well. You know, my doctor and my endo were like, you know, you're doing great. Just keep going the way you're going. Um, but I didn't have all the knowledge that I do now. And, and a lot of that is really thanks to the list. And C- I call Cindy Lou the diabetic ninja because there's nothing she doesn't know. And um, she's just always very kind of free with the information and and just very kind and and warm-hearted and helpful. So uh, just joining that list, which was just a a stab in the dark because I joined a bunch of lists at the same time, and that was the only one I stuck with. All the other ones I saw very quickly were not for me. Um, So it it all just kind of came together in in a neat little package where it was me starting to think about my health and then getting into cycling and looking at what I was eating, and then the diagnosis followed shortly after that, and um, that's it. I mean, that's pretty much the story, and then I just ran with it from there. It's been uh, just about five years now. I've been cycling for six, and I've been diagnosed uh, for five years.
0: It's a great story. We should tell everyone that Diabetes What to Know is a really big community on Facebook where they share a lot of information and have a lot of wonderful videos on their website about the basics and beyond, and I love it. I think uh, it's just phenomenally – you're just a phenomenal inspiration to kick off our year.
3: Oh, la, la.
0: Oh, Nick, that's Mariah Carey. I forgot to tell you, I've been working with her all month on a new game. I mean, Diabetes Forecast magazine said – Max Zadig likes to play games And we're going to play a game tonight But Mariah Carey said If you're going to play a game, Max You have got to feature my new album, Caution So I looked at her new album And I thought, Caution Hmm, maybe we could create a game around Caution After all, it's one of her best songs on the album So first, let's listen to Caution And then Nick and Lloyd Are going to be playing our Caution game Courtesy of uh, okay. Mariah Carey caution Don't be decided
3: I need you closer to love me harder Put me with caution, face to face And touch me in a different kind of way Put with caution, but don't make me wait Before too long, it's just my fade away. Put me with caution, caution, caution
0: Welcome back to Diabetes Late Night. Thank you, Mariah, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to work with me on our Caution Health Awareness Game featuring questions related to type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease. And here everyone thought she was just having fun on New Year's. Oh, well, she wasn't. So let's welcome back to the show Patricia Adegentl, Susan Weiner, are back, back as our judges. Hello, ladies. How are you? Oh, oh, there's the button. Ooh, Susan, thank you for that. All right, so Nick and Lloyd, you're back, yes. right, Lloyd? Are you there?
7: Yeah. Your contestant on tonight's caution.
0: Now. You're you're back on our show. Caution is the name of the game. I'm gonna ask you a question, ask for your answers, and then our panel of beautiful and expert judges will let us know if you got it right or wrong. Uh are you ready, gentlemen? Sure. Yes. All right, tonight's game questions are courtesy of uh, Center for Di- uh, Disease Control and Prevention. Please check out their website, cdc.gov. Here we go. Your first question is, having high blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking tobacco, all increase your risk of heart disease. Healthcare professionals call these risk factors. How many adults have at least one of the three risk factors for heart disease? Is it A, 24%, B, 37%, C, forty-seven percent, or D, seventy-six percent. How many American adults have at least one of these three risk factors for heart disease? Lloyd, you're first.
7: D is in David.
0: B is in, and so you're saying thirty-seven percent. And Nick. No. D, from, D. 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 D.
8: Seventy-six percent. D. Yeah. D.
0: All right. And Nick from Diabetes, What to no? Know.
8: I'm a little more optimistic. I'm going to go with C.
0: (laughs) You're going to go with C? 37%? Oh, wait. Patricia's ringing her bell, but Susan's waving her hands. What's going on? Is one right and one wrong, Patricia? Um,
6: One is right. One is wrong. Did I hear 47%?
0: You did? I think Nick said 47%. No, I said C. Oh, well, then Susan Wiener the, was right, and she <laughs> does. The answer <laughs> So
6: they're both incorrect. And the answer <laughs> is actually 47%. It's about half of the American wow. adult population that will you will find having at least one of those three major risk factors, high blood <laughs> pressure, high cholesterol, and or they smoke. So the more of the risk factors you have, the more likely you are to develop heart disease.
0: And, um, Susan, I, I want to just go back on the point that uh, Lloyd brought up earlier about the nutritionist and, and wanting insurance. I'm sure you heard that. I'm curious because, of course, uh, you know managing both heart disease and diabetes requires good nutrition. So when it comes to insurance and registered dietitians, it's a little bit different than just a nutritionist, is it not? Do I have her on? Well, here she is. All insurances All right. are different. We're... Can you hear me? Yeah, now we can. Sorry.
1: Okay, I'm sorry. All insurances are different, but there is MNT, or medical nutrition therapy, that many insurances cover for diabetes for a certain number of visits. And there's also uh, diabetes self-management education and support classes which are DSME and DMSEs classes, and those are also covered by certain insurances. Reimbursement is very, very complicated. But if you contact your insurance company or Medicare, if you're taking Medicare, if you have Medicare and a supplemental insurance, then it's, you can sometimes find an insurer that way or attend classes. Check with your healthcare provider to see if they have any connections through their. Um, offices or services as well
0: great advice thank you i love that mariah's giving us musical breaks for our game tonight (laughs) it's time for the second question uh nick and lloyd here's your question you have a better chance of surviving a heart attack if you know the warning signs, which one of these is a, is, is a warning sign of a heart attack? Pain and discomfort in the jaw, neck, or back? Shortness of breath? Feeling weak, lightheaded, or faint? Or D, all of the above? Which of these is a warning sign of a heart attack? Uh, we'll start with you, Nick.
8: I'm going to say all of the above.
0: And we're going to go to Lloyd
7: yeah I'd agree all of the above
0: Susan that was an easy question what's the the answer to that one
1: it might have been an easy question but these two guys are super bright so they both got it right (laughs) 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 Um, yes that's right all of the above there are five major signs and symptoms of a heart attack which are the pain or discomfort in the jaw, the neck or the back but remember that everybody's different so, feeling weak, lightheaded, or faint, chest pain or discomfort, pain or discomfort in your arms or shoulders, and shortness of breath. And there can be other symptoms of a heart attack, like feeling unusually tired or unexplained tiredness, pain in the upper abdomen, and if you're nauseous or vomiting. And if you have any of these signs, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. Much better safe than sorry.
0: And I know Patricia wants to know this, too, Nick. When you were feeling that way on that first bike ride, when you said your heart was coming mm-hmm. out of your chest, did you, did you consider you might be having a heart attack?
8: No. No, I didn't. Um, you know, we joke about it as cyclists because we wear heart rate monitors when we uh, train. And uh, I was doing a particularly hard ride yesterday where I'd, I'll be 49 in a couple of days, and I took my um, heart rate up to 181. Um, but, no, I, I, I look, I get checked out regularly. Um, certainly I didn't back then, but, no, I didn't worry about it.
0: Oh, Patricia's handing me a secret envelope. I'm going to – oh, Patricia, this is a doozy. Good question. Thank you so much for that. All the way from Atlanta, Georgia, Patricia Adigento sent me this text. All right. True or false, heart disease can run in a family. Uh, Lloyd, I think you're kicking this one off. True or false, Uh, heart disease can run in a family. True. And Nick? True. Your answer? I'm sorry?
8: True. I said True.
0: Oh, Patricia, maybe it wasn't as hard as I thought it was. It is is—it is a little bit perplexing, though, isn't it? Well, Susan is right.
6: These guys are extra brilliant. They are very <laughs> smart, and it is true. Family members do share genes. They also share behaviors and lifestyles. So if you grow up in a family where being a uh Couch potato and sitting around playing video games or whatever is the norm or whether you grow up in a family where you're hiking and biking. So those lifestyles and behaviors are very similar. Environment can also influence health and the risk for disease. So family members can pass traits from one generation to another, and some of the traits you inherit from your parents can affect you and your risk for heart disease, and then your but risk sure. could increase even more. What, what was that?
0: No, I was going to ask Susan. I mean, you heard Nick's story. I mean, there is a way to dodge the bullet on this and decrease your risk. I mean, what a sensational, inspiring story. I'm sure in your patient population you've seen people who might have had, who might have a fam, uh, family history of heart disease but have taken the necessary steps to prevent it.
1: Yes, and and it it can't always be prevented but it could certainly you certainly should not say because you do have parents grandparents aunts uncles and siblings that have diabetes that not only will you get it inevitably because you you may not but certainly you can prevent many of the complications that come along with diabetes and that's extremely important to understand so doing things together as a family when you can, and even if some people in your family are not doing it, do what Nick did. Find something that you love to do and start to do it, something that inspires you. Set a goal for yourself. Even if no one else around you is doing it, kick it up and, and do what you really enjoy doing. Find the exercise that you like. Not, it doesn't have to be what other people tell you to do, because certainly the gym is not for everyone, and I love Nick's biking story. That's amazing. Inspiring.
0: I'm sorry to cut you off. Our stage manager was telling me that Mariah wanted back on right now, so we had to play caution. Thank you, Mariah. She's going back to the dressing room to have some more Prosecco. All right, so here's a final question tonight. Um, Again, it's from the Center of Disease Control. Here you go, Nick and and Lloyd. Which of these is a the cause of heart disease? Is it A. Stroke, B. Arthritis, C. Thickening of the insides of the arteries, or D. None of the above? I think Nick from Type Two Diaries. What to know? It's your you're on the board. What's your answer? C. C. Thickening of the yes. inside of the arteries and. Mm-hmm. Lloyd Owens, the creator of Di- We Are WeAreEatNeat.com. Uh, What's your answer?
7: It is C, as Nick has said.
0: <laughs> oh, is it, is it um, C, Susan Weiner? Wow, it you is. Pill, you guys
1: got it <laughs> right again. Yay. Um, the correct answer is thickening of the inside of the arteries, which is a condition also known as atherosclerosis. And that's when the cholesterol builds up in the arteries and creates places of inflammation. And The buildup is also referred to as plaque, which makes the arteries narrower and stiffer, less flexible, less pliable, so less blood can get into the heart. This condition develops slowly and may start even early on in life, according to the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, and it can affect arteries in the brain, the heart, the kidneys, and along the arms and the legs. And I just wanna add to this, Max, that um, type two diabetes is something that usually happens over a period of time. And sometimes a diagnosis of type two diabetes can be delayed over a period of time. So buildups like having plaque in your arteries that can go along with other comorbid conditions Happen over a period of time, and I think people need to be aware of that.
0: Hello, Patricia, did you have any comments that you'd like to add? Um, no, Susan is
6: uh, has been pretty thorough in explaining that. But yes, the buildup and the inflammation can cause. Um, Hardening of the arteries and that's usually where we find uh, the majority having heart disease and and the slow progression of the um, disease of diabetes does um, it it is slow in onset for type 2 and so sometimes by the time there is a
0: diagnosis there is already uh,
6: inflammation in the arteries
0: I love it thank you all right gentlemen great job tonight Thank you for helping us raise awareness for living well with diabetes in a fun new way. We're going to celebrate by giving you a trip to Australia, but you don't have to pack your bags. And Susan and Patricia, you're going as well, and so is Lorraine and everyone else on the show tonight, because coming up, uh, it's a tradition we're happy to bring back. We've got uh, Yoga for Diabetes. Rachel Zinman's going to be here to give us a self-guided meditation all the way from Australia. But first, Rachel said, Max, you've got to play more Mariah Carey because I'm loving that Caution album all the way down under. So guess what, uh, Rachel, because I know you're one of those crazy Mariah fans who helped lift that Glitter album she made several years ago back to the top of iTunes several months ago. Here's Stay Long. Stay uh, Long. Stay long, love you, courtesy of Sony Music. Let's
3: listen.
0: Everybody. That's a little crazy song, but uh, it's got it's going to get a little bit more relaxing in a moment. You know, I was going back listening to the top podcast of the year last year, and I went to January, and we had this wonderful woman, Rachel zidman who has a she's the author of Yoga for Diabetes. She has a wonderful website. She's even teaming up right now with Diabetes Strong uh, to help people stay happy and healthy. And I wanted her back on the show because I thought it was so powerful. Last year she saw she. Uh, shared a self-guided meditation so she gladly came back so please welcome to the show rachel zinman hi rachel Hi. you're back and we're so happy to hear that you're back on the show
9: yeah and like i was just dancing along to that song all the way down here down under in australia uh it's morning here and it's the next day so i'm actually in the future
0: Oh wow and the future- is the future looking bright for all of us? I think it is I think it totally is <laughs> all
3: right
0: well, before you take us on the self guided meditation, I saw I was reading about you on Twitter or Instagram, and you posted about um your year and you said that uh, your new year's resolution was uh, your mission in 2019 is to focus on what you do best, teach yoga, and that means teaching regular classes in your community, teaching teachers and mentoring them and offering workshops worldwide. It also means creating great yoga sequences online, and you are working with Diabetes Strong right now for a diabetes challenge. So I thought I want to support you with your New Year's resolution. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Diabetes Strong.
9: Well, um, we got together uh, for a previous challenge, and they wanted me to do something that was accessible to everyone, and so I did a wall sequence uh, last year, and then this year, we decided to work on a sequence, again, that everybody can do, whether you um, are mobile or immobile or older or younger, whatever type of diabetes you have, which is perfect for increasing insulin sensitivity. So the whole practice is, it's about 30 minutes, and you do it standing up, and you can, you know, use props. We do a little bit at the end on the floor, just lying on your back, which is relaxing. But most of it is just, you know, moving your legs and arms in certain positions and focusing on the breath. So it's a very healing sequence, and it's also a sequence which works the bigger muscles of the body so that... um, You know, the more we increase muscle mass, the better our sensitivity to insulin. So it's really uh, a sequence for all seasons and all types.
0: I love it. I hope people check it out, Diabetes Strong. I think also Diabetes Daily is posting about it, and, of course, Yoga for Diabetes, and they could follow you online or check out your website. All right, so, Rachel, like I said last year, take it away.
9: All right, so whenever we set an intention for ourselves, for the new year um, often we think about the goals or the you know things that we, we think we have to master and really in the, in the sense uh, when we're, we're working with yoga and we're working with these sort of deeper layers those kind of resolutions don't really last you know goal-setting doesn't really last but what does work is when we work with the unconscious mind and we just subtly plant, an intention that we don't um, pre-plan. So it's, this is something that just arises out of your unconscious, and it's almost like your deepest longing. So I encourage everyone just to get comfortable, uh, find a comfortable seat. If you'd like to sit in a chair or if you'd like to um, – lie down for this, or if you like to sit in yogi posture with your legs crossed, you can do that, but whatever's comfortable, and I'd like you to close your eyes, and just start to become aware of the breath, so noticing the breath as it enters and leaves the space just above the top lip, and just noticing the quality of the breath, is the breath warm, is the breath cool? feel
3: everything
9: in down. And as you notice the breath entering and leaving the nostrils, just feel how there might be just a really beautiful natural breath that comes along, like a spontaneous breath. And that breath is a sign that your nervous system is resetting itself. And then gently as you're observing your breath, notice how the breath travels up the inside of the nostrils right to the center of your brain almost. So it goes right up to the bridge of the the nose and into the midbrain. And then as you exhale, notice how the breath flows out to the outer edges of the nostrils. So you're literally following the passage of breath right up to the center of your brain. And as you exhale, you're following the breath right out to the outer edges of your nostrils. And you just do this a few more times, just following the breath in and following the breath out. And then on your next inhalation, have a sense of the breath accumulating in that spot in the middle of your brain. And I'd like you to visualize there a beautiful, calm smooth lake like not a ripple in that lake and then I'd like you to notice that in the center of the lake is a beautiful pure white lotus and then coming out of that lotus is a being now this being could be a person familiar to you or it could just be a shape or a light it can look like anything. Just let whatever that being is just arise in the center of that lotus. And just notice how it's almost luminous. It's shining. And then that being starts to emanate that light. So that light starts to emanate from its heart to your heart. Almost like traveling on a blue highway of life. And it speaks you of your deepest longing so as you inhale see if you can draw in whatever that being is saying to you that's your deepest longing and then as you draw it into your heart imagine it flowing through every cell of your body so you feel it moving into your toes and into your hands and into your heart and infusing itself into your being And then again, on the inhale, just breathing naturally, drawing that intention, whatever that longing is that that being is speaking to you of, into your heart. And then as you exhale, feel it infusing into every cell of your being. And if you even notice that that intention keeps changing, don't even worry about it. Just let whatever needs to be said come from that beautiful, luminous being along that blue highway into your heart. And then from your heart, feel it infusing every cell. Take two more breaths, drawing that beautiful energy into your heart, that beautiful intention. It might not even be words. It might be images. And then just let it infuse into yourself. And then just take a few moments by placing one hand on your heart and just feel the breath in your heart. Feel how whatever it is that you need to do for your life this year is just a given. It's already happening. It's already there. So whether that's healing or inspiration or joy or beauty or connection, Whatever that is, it's already there. It's already happening. And then just take a nice, long, deep breath. And a long exhalation. And then when you're ready, just gently opening your eyes and coming back.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're like the darling love of our show, coming back every year. This is such a great way to get in touch with who we are to kick off a new year. I'm curious to know what the rest of the cast thought tonight. Uh, Let's start with Susan Wiener. How did you feel going through that with Rachel?
9: I
1: have the privilege of knowing Rachel and meeting Rachel in person, and um, every time I learn something new of getting in touch with myself, and remembering how important it is to listen to your inner self and the inner you. So thank you, Rachel. That was amazing. Aw, thank and Lloyd, you.
0: And <laughs> Lloyd, she was really speaking to you that you're already doing it. This year is your big year, but it's already happening. I love that you uh, put that in there, Rachel. So how did it feel for you as you get ready to launch eat com?
7: It was amazing.
0: Um, first time? But uh,
7: I will be following you via social media, and I will be doing this more
0: often. Awesome.
7: <laughs>
0: and Patricia Adigento from Georgia, how was it for you? Refreshing.
6: It was, it, it's awesome. It, it really puts you in touch with your goals and aspirations, and it gives me a super surge to move forward
0: that's so and our, beautiful. Uh, esteemed producer Lisa, <laughs> how did how was it for you from behind the board, taking a break to just kind of get into the moment with this?
2: Yes, thanks, Rachel, from down under. It just um, cleared my mind and got me um, psyched for the new year. So thank you. Well, that's awesome.
9: I just want to add, you know, it
2: doesn't take much. For us to slow
9: down and tune in. And sometimes we put it off and we put it aside, but it's just, it's so incredible to take that time, even, you know, that was just about five minutes, just five minutes to, you know, reset and regroup so that you can just face all the challenges of a life with, you know, diabetes. It's just so beautiful. And um, I certainly couldn't live without. Uh, meditating every day I, I wouldn't manage the way I do So I'm so, you know, it's so beautiful To hear such wonderful feedback From everyone in such a quick way and, and I'm so appreciative Of being able to be on this show It's just so special, so thank you
0: Oh, we love having you on the show And you'll be back, <laughs> I promise <laughs> cool. And I want to thank all my guests And thank you all always listeners for tuning in Don't miss February's Diabetes Late Night Podcast it is part of Diabetes Podcast Week we're encouraging you to spare a rose, save a child, and donate with our, uh, donate to the cause. Our musical inspiration will be the legendary Dolly Parton. Yes, I can't wait for that. Please subscribe to our Divabetic e-newsletter at divabeck.org. Visit us at Divabetic's Facebook pages and watch my videos on Mr. Beck's YouTube channel. And get ready to take part in the first ever Diabetes and Heart Disease Escape Room Experience in New York City on Tuesday, March 26th from 6 to 9 p.m. in Chelsea, New York. We're going to be putting up the registration. It's totally free. It's sponsored by Berenter Ingelheim. I can't wait to do that. And to show my support, Mariah Carey's back. She's got one more song. This time she's singing about the ups and downs of life that she's lived in the glare of the public eye. Oh, Mariah, Mariah, Mariah. But, hey, this is a great album, and this is a lovely song. Here's Portrait from her 15th studio album, Caution, courtesy of Sony Music. Have a good night, everyone.